0: This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Alley. Our guest this week is Illinois 13th District Representative Rodney Davis. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance industry provides individualized protection on more than 290 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Congressman Rodney Davis, next. America's crop insurance industry is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. The National Crop Insurance Services provide individualized protection on more than 290 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. The House Agriculture Committee again faces the challenge of legislating through a number of political, economic, and regional obstacles to craft a new farm bill. Illinois Congressman Rodney Davis says the success of the 2014 bill and the focused leadership of Chairman Mike Conaway are strong assets for writing this new policy.
1: Because we've had so much success with the last bill, because Mike Conaway, Chairman Conaway, is so dedicated to keeping things on schedule, you know, he's somebody that is forcing us, as subcommittee chairman, to begin the preparation process to ensure that we do everything we can to have no extensions so that we get this done before 2018's up.
0: Do you see the chairman and the ranking member in one mindset, or do you see much division between political parties on this particular committee?
1: One thing about the House Ag Committee, and I learned this pretty quickly during the last Farm Bill, is it's not necessarily a partisanship that defines where the votes are and during the markup and even on the House floor. Uh, it's it's A lot of it's regionally based. A lot of it is... Uh, you know, based upon uh, some some very bipartisan issues that have bipartisan support. And I think as we move forward, uh, you will not see a farm bill that's based on partisan votes. I think you'll see a part farm bill based on those others I mentioned.
0: With a focus on the hearings that have been held in D.C., farm income is down. You've lost 45% farm income over the past 36 months, and 2017 doesn't look great right now. Does that create an urgency even to move quicker on this legislation?
1: Compared to... To what usually happens in Washington, this has been urgent. This has been an urgent process already. We're not even a year, year and a half away from the expiration of the farm bill that we're currently operating under. And as you know, and as many of your listeners know, the usual process is to extend the current one and move into the next, uh, move into the the next year. But we want to stop that. We want to begin discussing what's happening now. And a main reason for that is based upon it's, it's clearly based upon the fact that we've seen incomes drop, and Chairman Conaway and our leadership has, has said, we want to hear now what's working, what's not, and what can they, we then be prepared for.
0: There are some big issues that Congress is obviously dealing with. Some had suggested there might be a possibility of seeing Farm Bill move in the latter part of 17. Others are suggesting it's an 18-piece of legislation. Any way to look into the the Congressman Davis crystal ball and tell us what you see?
1: Well, it's less about Congressman Davis's crystal ball <laughs> and more about Chairman Conway's crystal ball. Um, you know, there's nobody again more prepared uh, to stick to a schedule than Chairman Conway, and and I, I would I would think that uh, doing something in 2017 is probably a, uh, going to be much too difficult, uh, even though. I think Chairman Conaway and many of us would would love to to begin that process. Uh, But if it happens, great. If not, I think you're looking at more into 2018. But as we begin going through the rest of this year, the last few months of 2017, I think we have to be cognizant and listen. We need to listen to our constituents, listen to our producers, and figure out what's working and what's not. And then let's focus on fixing those things instead of trying to revamp successful policies already.
0: Again, lots of hearings held already with the House Agriculture Committee on this policy. What stands out to you, either from commodity groups, nutrition groups, or others who've been before you? What really stands out about what this legislation is going to have to accomplish?
1: Well, there's a a lot of uh, initial comments are are based on what I would consider uh, where we need to play defense, Uh, crop insurance. Crop insurance being the backbone of our risk management and our safety net uh, in the last farm bill uh, is the number one priority for my producers in central and southwestern Illinois. And protecting that as a public-private partnership that it is, that has saved taxpayers potentially billions of dollars, uh, those are the areas that get the most attention initially in my farm bill listening tours. Uh, and then we go into different areas aspects of what's working with other parts of the risk management safety net, like ARC versus PLC, how to ensure that those programs are available, optional, and, and how do we make them work better. Uh, then we get into some of the specialty areas that that many of my constituents may uh, have as, as kind of their pet areas, be it pollinators, uh, be it research uh, at our institutions, or, uh, you know, even, even ensuring uh, that we have a debate, even though it's not going to be part of the Farm Bill on... On, on labor issues when it comes to uh, picking and harvesting our specialty crops. So let's
0: think about the farm bill sessions that you have had and will have in Illinois. I know you had a, a couple just a few days ago back in the district. What did farmers tell you?
1: Well, they told me again that crop insurance is their number one priority. They they told me that their income is down, and uh, and, and we see that. You know, luckily, we're going to see hopefully uh, some some very high yields again uh, that will make up for the. The price loss, uh, but they're worried about what the next four or five years is going to look like. And and our goal is to hear those worries, hear those concerns, and then turn those concerns into, into better policies that are going to continue to achieve the same goal that we had the last farm bill, which is to write better policies that actually end up saving taxpayers billions of dollars, which is exactly what we did in the last farm bill. You and I have talked about this before, Jeff. Uh, The last farm bill, the Congressional Budget Office, you hear a lot about them uh, lately, too, and some other issues. They estimated that our changes in policy, when we change words on pieces of paper out in Washington, D.C., they said those changes are going to only save taxpayers $23 billion. I use only, even though that was the largest single mandatory spending cut we had my entire first term in Congress. Well, they came back less than three years later, and they've said that they were wrong. The CBO has now projected that we've saved taxpayers $104 billion just because we changed policies. That's what we need to continue to look at when we talk about the record of success within the ag sector, when we start to go up against uh, individuals, regardless of party, who, who want to uh, attack agriculture and attack our ag policies that's been that have been working.
0: Clearly, money has always been the core of the issue. About what policy ultimately you can afford, I think a lot of folks can come up with ideas of what agriculture might need. It's the matter of ultimately what you can can write a check for, and with that, even the Budget Committee uh, in the discussion here as late has talked about some additional cuts to USDA and farm programs, and even the President is looking at uh, fiscal eighteen and showing cuts to USDA, not just in crop insurance but in conservation. And in nutrition programs, it seems like money is even going to be more heightened in this debate now.
1: Well, it certainly could be. Um, You know, Budget Director Mulvaney, uh, Director of OMB, is one of my former colleagues, and Mick uh, was always instrumental in crafting the budgets that uh, we would put up for a vote, and I I voted against every one of them. Uh, Mick's a friend of mine, but he has different priorities, and I think as we move ahead, uh, part of the... The goal that we have as a House Ag Committee is to stand together, Republicans and Democrats, to talk about the successes that we've already had, and that truly is the key. We've got to remind, we've got to remind the hardworking taxpayers of this country how much our Ag policy bill saved over just keeping the existing status quo. 104 billion dollars in mandatory spending, 81 billion dollars more than what was originally estimated to save. That's a record of success that doesn't get enough credit, and we've got to be able to talk about those successes to the White House, to our colleagues, and more. most importantly, again, to the hardworking taxpayers of this country, because that's what they expect out of us as legislators. They expect us to be good stewards of their tax dollars in this case, we are, and that's why we've got a great story to tell.
0: You know, when I talked to Congressman Bob Gibbs of Ohio on this program uh, about uh, initially after the president had offered his budget, uh, he understood where the president was going and suggested that we're $20 trillion in debt and we have to do something about it. So there's the question of, of how do you craft policy that serves the needs of the people, but at the same time, also helps the country to work its way out of a very difficult financial situation.
1: Well, we do exactly what we did the last time, put good policies in place that are going to save uh, $104 billion. Those are the types of policies that we've already implemented. So we're going to do the exact same thing we did last time to make things work better, to make our programs work better, which in turn saves taxpayer dollars. But Bob's right. We have to address the $20 trillion in debt. And our producers willingly gave up direct payments. They willingly said, help us have that public-private partnership of crop insurance as our backbone, and we'll give you, we'll do our part to reduce the debt. We'll do our part to reduce the deficit. And they did that. And I don't think it gets enough credit, and I don't think it gets enough attention uh, in the 24-hour news cycle about what what our producers have already done.
0: Congressman Comer, also a member of the Agriculture Committee last week, said that he thought that in this round of discussion it would be imperative for commodity groups to come with one voice as they approach uh, the Agriculture Committee that there shouldn't be any dissension in the ranks to be successful.
1: You know, Jamie is right, And, and that's one of the conversations I had with Jamie right when he got here, kind of giving my take on what I experienced as a freshman moving into the Farm Bill debate. And there's nobody better to be on the House Ag Committee as a freshman than, than Jamie Comer, who's a former Ag Commissioner in Kentucky. He's He's got a lot of experience. And to have somebody like that help be a voice to ask our commodity groups to not focus on what our differences were in the last farm bill and, and fight it out in the amendment processes. And then it seemed that when the first farm bill failed, Jeff, it seemed like, like people forgot we had to get the bill across the goal line. Uh, they fought it out on the amendments and Either was ha- we were very happy about the results of those amendments, or licked their wounds and and uh, forgot to to help us all get this bill across the finish line. Uh, that was fixed the second time the bill came up and we saw bipartisan support. So hopefully, uh, you know, we'll have more voices than just Jamie and me on uh, on everybody coming together.
0: You can see commodity groups, the bulk commodities, working together. It is the cotton program. It is the dairy program. It is sugar and some others that have been sticking points before and clearly coming into this round, um, it would be nice to have answers. Uh, clearly some some uh, challenging situation for the, the committee to have to address.
1: Well, every every situation that the committee addresses, Jeff, is challenging. Uh, the last farm bill was challenging. Uh, we, I mean, we saw that process uh, fail on the floor, and, and we saw the process succeed later. Uh, these are the types of issues that we're supposed to address in Washington it's not going to be easy it's not going to be be something that we can do in a matter of minutes this is what we do as legislators we've got to get our priorities in, in line find a way to legislate find that ability to balance a bill be it geographically be it commodity wise and policy wise and then let's push our priorities forward and take the votes and then when the votes come in you win or you lose and then you accept the result. And that's exactly what we did the last time uh we passed this bill. And that's exactly why we're trying to begin this debate earlier uh to to make a better bill in the future.
0: What's the answer on nutrition programs, Congressman?
1: Well the answer is uh to, to ensure that they're working for those who need it the most. Uh that's you know, that's our goal. Uh you I'm a big supporter of summer feeding programs. I think uh, many kids, especially in urban and rural areas, get left behind in the summer when it comes to nutrition. And frankly, I think some of our rural kids are the ones who are left behind even further because they don't have the ability in many cases to go get to a central location to get that nutrition. So those are areas that we can work together in a bipartisan way to make work better for the taxpayers and and those who need those benefits the most but we have to begin that debate. We have to start talking about how we're going to do that. And that's why I'm very impressed with, uh, with Chairman Conaway's push to really highlight the different issues that, that many of our constituents face within the, within the SNAP program and within the nutrition title.
0: You chair the Subcommittee on Biotechnology, Horticulture, and Research. Research is an area that dollars have been cut in times past. How does this bill work through research and the relationship between the research and, and public-private partnerships and the foundations that you've established and uh, certainly those that, that take us to that next level of this industry?
1: Well, sure, Jeff. But let me, let me make sure that you, your listeners are, are, not, uh, are not thinking that we cut ag research. We actually grew ag research. It just hasn't grown as fast as other agencies who advance research and that's our goal. That's why we've begun the process of of talking about how important the research title is. In the next few decades, we're going to have to feed hundreds of millions more people with food grown on less land area. So the way to do that is to research new and innovative ways to increase yields, to grow better food that's disease-resistant, pest-resistant, and then also biotechnology. Those are areas of my jurisdiction, and I'm really proud to, to chair that subcommittee. But again, we didn't cut ag research dollars our goal is to make them grow faster than the the smaller growth rate that they've had
0: isn't it frustrating as an industry and i'm thinking of us agriculture now of companies that come up with a new product that go through the registration process of the regulatory agencies of the usda to get the green light and then to have some holdout countries like china and india and others that hold that over our head and prevent opportunity from those technologies from being implemented or used
1: well absolutely it's frustrating because we believe we've had the safest uh food supply in the world coming out of the united states and you know it's mind-boggling to have countries say that uh, we don't want your food but that's something that the administration is going to have to take very seriously and ensure that we enforce trade agreements we enforce the provisions that are in place and we hold those accountable who are hurting our farmers
0: the Trump administration has begun the process now to unwind the Obama WOTUS rule. Your thoughts?
1: Oh, it's about time. Thankfully, <laughs> uh, WOTUS was an obvious government overreach uh, into, you know, neighborhood drainage ditches. This is a—it was a very frustrating process dealing with the last administration's EPA. Uh, there were many times we had hearings in both my House Ag Committee and also in the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee I serve on and talking specifically about the Waters of the U.S. rule. There was not consistent answers coming out of the EPA. There was zero follow-up from the EPA. Uh, You can go on my website and you can see old videos that we put together about me asking the exact same question three different times and getting the exact same non-response. That's why it's important to have a change in administration. I'm excited to work with Administrator Pruitt, Excited to work with the administration, and, and I applaud this effort uh, that the administration made to get rid of the WOTUS rule.
0: Trade Representative's office has begun hearings on NAFTA, looking at the renegotiation of the agreement between Canada, the U.S., and Mexico. What are your What are your hopes, and what are your concerns?
1: Well, I certainly hope that they don't throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to what a positive impact uh, NAFTA has been for our ag sector, especially in. in in central and southwestern Illinois that I'm blessed to serve. But I would hope that they focus more on the enforcement of trade violations. That's where I think the president gets most frustrated. But we've got to make sure that we make the important argument that it's not necessarily about the agreement itself. It's about enforcing those who don't follow that agreement, enforcing the rules against those who don't follow that agreement. And I think we've had, I know we've had some success in the past on the enforcement side when it comes to other, uh, other issues like, uh, steel dumping, which is very important to my district, and changes that Congressman Mike Bost and I made in the, uh, the last, uh, Trade Promotion Authority bill are changes that affect positively the enforcement side of, of steel dumping and stopping countries from doing that. And I hope we focus on those enforcement issues again with NAFTA.
0: Secretary of Agriculture Sonny Perdue is suggesting changes with regard to his cabinet, eliminating a position with regard to rural development and adding one for trade. What are your thoughts about the secretary's reorganization plan?
1: Well, I, I always defer to the administration on a lot of personnel issues, but I'm I'm hesitant to uh, to come out in favor of getting rid of a an undersecretary for rural development. I think rural development is underutilized i think states like illinois where were where i'm blessed to serve uh, can better take advantage of the programs that are available i would rather sunny ask for somebody to focus on trade and keep rural development too because it's that crucial to rural america
0: congressman rodney davis we want to thank you very much for taking time to be with us here on this edition of open mic sir it is open mic and you have an open forum
1: well jeff i just want to say thank you thanks to your listeners Uh, Help us. Help us develop good policies. I want your listeners to to really take a look at the last farm bill and the policies that they are following in their operations. Tell us what's working. Tell us what's not. Tell us what your priorities are. And we can get a better bill done in a bipartisan way when you do so.
0: Our thanks to Illinois 13th District Representative Rodney Davis, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance industry is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Nellie.